This is episode 110 of the Steady Trade Podcast with your host, Stephen Johnson. Stephen, you're a self-involved brat and I'm not feathering your eagle. Today, Stephen gets his second coaching session from Kim, the Wall Street coach, Curtin. You're, you're like my female Tony Robbins. <laughs> and you get to be a fly on the wall. So what does it mean to be present? I never asked those questions in the present moment. I was never truly present with me trading. I guess that's the best way to put it. <laughs> Say that again. Say that again. What does it mean to be worthy? Tell folks, I don't know if I deserve it. And how can these ideas make you a more steady trader? Today gets pretty deep and vulnerable and raw. So kudos to Stephen for being willing to share this with all you listeners. Well, I want to jump off my balcony. I'm on the 49th floor. I could jump off. It's a deep and vulnerable and raw episode of Steady Trade. Enjoy. Welcome to the Steady Trade podcast. It is me and Kim and Kitten. We're back for the second trader therapy session, or let's just say therapy session, because that's kind of really what it is. But that's kind of what fixing trading is. And we discussed some really, really important points and, and, and probably the most relevant one for traders. Uh, it was a deep delve into my psyche. And, and, and the bottom line of it was to, 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 to learn and know that I and everyone else is, is, uh, deserved of, of, of empathy. And then, and it resonates a little emotionally now because it was a bit of a, a deep session. But the other thing that came up that was really prominent was it's so difficult to manage yourself, manage your ego, manage the gremlin as we talk about it in trading because it's, it's the other side of you just wanting to do these, these impulsive things to make you feel something, to make you feel good, uh, to make you feel any emotion. And and since I've been working with Kim, I've turned to, it's crazy, but I've turned to, and it's almost not believable, but I've turned a, a $500 account and, and now over $1,500 being completely accountable over every, every transaction, completely accountable to myself when I think I'm going to cut this loss and stick into that word. Um, and to, to sometimes not doing something, and, and being present when I trade to the fact of thinking, should I take this trade? Am I taking this trade because I'm bored? Am I taking this trade because I want to feel something? Asking those questions and think, well, I'm not going to take that trade because every time I take that trade, I, I mess up. And it's resulted in me tripling my account, never coming near a blow up and ultimately just trading pretty perfectly in terms of not taking the trades I'm not meant to be in, being in the trade at the right time and cutting the loss when the trade doesn't work out. Um, I don't know what she does. I don't know how she does it but it's working. I'm feeling good about it. And I've, I'm feeling pretty happy because I'm in control of who I am for a change. Hey everyone, Tim Bowen here. Really appreciate you listening to the Steady Trade Podcast. I have a great time doing it, really giving back, and, and it's a true passion project of mine. But if you really want to get into the nitty gritty of trading, in Stocks to Trade Pro, it's a mentorship program that I do twice daily webinars every single day of the week. Never miss a day. Market open, market close. And I think it is the best way to really speed up that learning curve. And the best thing about it, and this is something that I'm truly, truly proud about, is we built an amazing community in Stocks to Trade Pro. We have a chat room, traders in there all day long, new, intermediate, advanced, young, old. It is an amazing community. And I think by working in these twice daily webinars with the chat room, with the community, with Stocks to Trade, it is one of the best ways to become that consistently profitable trader. Kim and Curtin, we are back. 
uh, for Steady Trades, uh, session two of the uh, psychological, psychological, no, psychological, no, not at all, because we're coaching. I'm not a psychologist. Okay. Um, I was watching, um, I was watching a Tim Robbins uh, TED talk the other day. And, um, it was pretty cool. You, you'll, you'll know the talk, right? I mean, it's famous. It's had like 20 million views or whatever. But Tim Robbins was like, I'm not a motivational speaker. That's, that's nothing could be further from the truth of, of that. I'm the why guy. I want to know why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and it reminded me of you. And I was like, yeah. That's Kim. awesome. That's awesome. It is awesome. You're, you're like my female Tony Robbins. <laughs> I'll take <laughs> You'll take it? Sweet. I'll take it. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Uh, yes, pretty sweet. Ah, pretty sweet. Not good, not bad. Um, but I mean, yeah, just a just a prerequisite the conversation. I think it's it's notable. It's worth saying. Um, we chatted a, a two weeks ago, and um, my trading was in the dumps. I didn't want to do it anymore. I was like, I'm finished with this. I'm like. Fuck it all. Not that I'm allowed to swear, but I was like, fuck it all. <laughs> um, and uh, since then, I mean, I've, I've been working more hours recently. I don't know if that contributes, but since talking to you without having any, I mean, our conversation was don't trade, just move on. Um, and, and since then, yeah, I mean, it's not a lot of money, but the, the, the ROI is good. I mean, I thought I'll, I'll throw 500 bucks on an account and I grew it at 1600 1700 so it, it doubled it in a bit more um but but that's not what's relevant what's relevant and important is um i loved it and i had this absolute uh terrified of the market terrified which is good it's good to be terrified terrified uh, a lot of structure a lot of commitment uh, and the, the way the last call ended uh went one way then went the other way but the the regardless of either way the results have been super positive so what what is different for you in relationship to yourself and the experience of your day-to-day um in in terms of the in terms of the trading it's just like i i don't know maybe we had that call and and maybe it put something in my mind i'm not sure but i was like i'm like i am not failing again i don't know if you made me think like i don't know if you made me walk so far away from trading that you made us think look i'm done with it and then something in the back of my head i was like i just can't be which means that i cannot fail again which means I, I have to cut the loss because I can't let it blow up again. Because if I let it blow up, it, I fail. So uh, I think you, I, I think I'm not sure, but I think you pushed me to a point which made me think I am at the edge of the cliff and I and I'm not going to step off. Something sometimes, like that. Sometimes we just need to allow ourselves to feel a feeling for us to then come back from that feeling. So I want to hear about the Gremlin book and what those, you got through 50 pages, you said, right? What was the takeaway for you? What, what in it did it resonate? Uh, it's a weird one because for me, I'm, I'm more science-based um, and, and there wasn't any science-based to it. It was more, it's more, I'm telling you this, so you should believe it because I've got this experience and I know what I'm talking about. And um, so just trust us. It was basically like just trust. And, and I'm never good with just trust because 
when I was growing up with uh, religion, it was always uh, just have faith, <laughs> just trust. <laughs> and uh, and I'm always like, oh, dad, I'm not I'm not one for blind faith. I'm more one for uh, rationalism and and being practical. But saying that, I'm I'm also one to to believe what someone says if they're an author with 30 years experience of helping people. Yeah. To say like, look, uh, I've turned people around and I've I've, I've really uh, fixed situations. So based on the fact that he's an author, he's very well known. You've recommended him. Uh, I'm like, yeah, okay, I will. I'll put your trust. I'll like, I'm, and I've said this. I've said this to you before. Like, look, I'll I'll put my trust in you. What what on earth have I got to lose? What do I lose by fully believing that you can change my life or transform me? What what do I lose if I don't? If yeah. what like there's there's I can't lose. So yeah, so I'll fully trust you. I'll believe in you. It's and I'll believe in him. Yep, good. That's awesome. And so, uh, I'm gonna just speak to this because it's because it's not me that's gonna change your life, right? Nor is it gonna be him, the guy that wrote the book. It's gonna be you who hears a perspective that resonates or doesn't, and then yep. you're okay. You're gonna run with it. So this is this is the most okay. powerful piece of what I learned, even in the self development work that I personally have done, is that it's ultimately us that changes our life, not somebody else. Because it's just, it's just a willingness, though, to hear that their perspective might be different than ours. And that does take a vulnerability, which is where what, what you felt resistance around. Like trusting him means you potentially are vulnerable to not uh, having the outcome you expect. That's a scary yeah, thing. But, it, but it's not really trusting him. I mean, when you put it like that, I'm, I don't need to trust him. I, I mean, to a degree you do, but... It's almost like, look, I just, I just need to let you share your knowledge of these tools that I can try and tool as an experiment with myself. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's not like I uh, need to trust someone. I'm not losing anything. It's more just, yeah, let, let me hear your take on self-development. That's, that's what it really is. Yeah, totally. And so when you listen to it, presumably you got, you know, past him talking about who he was or his, you know, background or experience of doing this. Did did he get to an exercise for you? Did you get to a yeah, point? No, that's that's the thing. Yeah, 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 he literally got to the exercise. And it reminded us, I was thinking, were you trying to get me to find a gremlin on the first session? Were you trying to get me to find a gremlin? That's what I was thinking. Uh, that, like, it obviously clicked. I was like, ah, she's trying to get us to find a gremlin. And, and it, it didn't. It Gremlin didn't come out like this young, inspirational character came out. So that was fascinating. Um, but I, 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 I really had no idea what was going to come out. Uh, and and uh, what, what came out that day was I thought like the true you, that was the true you that, that sure. you would have, uh, did you revisit him by the way? Yeah. yeah one, only once, only oh, once. Oh, only once is all that I asked for. I suggest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I went back, um, it wasn't as easy. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. It wasn't as easy. It It felt like there was real momentum in the session. It felt like it was very, like, uh, very raw, very raw emotions. You brought a lot out. But like anything, when, once a little bit of time goes by, uh, you forget about the experience. Uh, it's easier to slip off and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, I went I went back. I tried it for, uh, maybe three, four minutes. And, and, like, I could remember the guy and I remember who it was, but I didn't. Um, it had nowhere near the same impact. Yeah, that you managed to bring out. That's the best way to put it. So that is because this is an exercise that you haven't uh, learned how to do deeply yet, but you're going to learn it. It's going to continue. Oh, 
and we're going to do it again now. We'll do it again now. But here's the thing. It's like a muscle. So, no, you don't want to do it now. No, 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 I'm, 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 I am 110% in. Like, don't worry. Like, Kim, me, me and you are together on this. We are good. Don't worry. I am, I am in. was shaking down. So I thought, oh, maybe something, you don't want to go there now. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'll be 100, 110% in on it and whatever you want to do, you have me full trust. I'll, I will not, I'll not sit down anything that you say. Ever. Thank you. Thank you for your trust. Cause honestly, it's a huge deal. And anybody it's instinctive. It's instinctive. Well, you, you just seem like a good person. But but see that. So thank you. I feel acknowledged by that. And I just also want to point back to you that that courage that you are willing to trust and that you're willing to listen to your intuition uh, is a huge. It's a huge plus for you, right? A strength because that tells you that whatever hurdles potentially are there or fears that you have, you have that intuition. Why can I say that? Because I know I'm trustworthy, you know? So, so I know right now that you're trusting me is safe and is a winning combination, right? Because I know I'm trustworthy, but for you, what that tells you is that when you listen to that deep part of yourself, that deep instinct, you are going to win. And the key but here, listening to it. But I, I know something's there. What we tapped into first session, maybe I had doubts. I was like, I don't know. I don't really know who this person is. Glenn recommended her. So there's some credibility there from a peer to peer recommendation. But uh, what we tapped into on that first session, gave me the trust to think, wow, she, she knows what she's doing. There's something there. Good. And, uh, and I have to explore. And, and, and I think we'll, we'll meet in person at some point. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure we will. I, I don't know when or where, but, I'm, I'm sure it will happen. Maybe at the Tim Sykes conference. Who knows? Maybe, maybe you can come and do a talk and I'll be there and we'll meet then. Let's, let's see how, let's see. That would be a lot of fun. Then it would be great to meet in person. And, uh, I think there's, I, 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 coaching is an interesting phenomenon. I think once the bond is there between you and the client or the client and the coach, uh, even though it's nice to have it in person, it's almost irrelevant because I, I do feel that the deeper side of both of us, I will call it the soul. Uh, the souls kind of recognize each other when they're a match and they're good dance partners, so to speak. And um, while it's really lovely to have the opportunity to be in person, I think majority of my clients are done virtually. I've had a lot of clients I've never even seen that just do their sessions over the phone. Um, and sometimes those sessions will go really deep because they don't have to worry about being seen even by me. Their willingness to be more vulnerable sometimes is in place. So uh, what matters is that the connections there and the comfort level and that chemistry, like you, you kind of can't predict that, right? You got to be kind of in sync with each other. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, what, you know, what did strike me interesting when I read the second set of answers between the first answer and the second set of answers uh, is you, about my asking you if you believed in God. Yep. It's a, a big question. Answer? Sorry? Do you remember your first set of answers versus your second set? No, you'll have to, you'll have to remind us what I said. Let, let's but, just say you were more uh, connected to the, the experience you had with the mushroom shake. 
Yeah, the first set of answers was more connected with the mushroom shake. The second set of answers. That's fading on you too. The mushroom shake is fading? Yeah, it's fading daily. And it's sad. I, I need to get get more of them mushrooms fast, pronto. You don't need to get more of them. You just need to reconnect <laughs> to the experience you had. Yeah, the, the I think, I mean, the first set of answers, you didn't know about it. So it was good to tell you about it. And it's a good story and it's nice to share. And I hope other people can experience it. Um, the second set of answers is, I, I can't remember the word for word what I wrote, but... Um, oh, the answer was no. <laughs> Do you believe we got no? No, not really. Not really. I, I, I mean, it's just, there's no, there's no evidence of it. So the evidence is the experience you had. You had an experience where you, it, it, you actually didn't tell me in the answers. You told me in the first conversation we had in the podcast. The, yeah, no, I mean, I think there's maybe some sort of connectedness that you can feel, but I mean, there's, that's not to say that brain chemistry can't produce that. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that, but who's to say that isn't? No one. No, no, no. I mean, it's, there's no one to say anything. I mean, I just, I just don't know and I don't have proof, so I can't really, I mean, don't get us wrong. I love being connected with the universe. It's the best feeling on earth, mm-hmm. um, literally. Um, but it's, yeah, it's fading for sure. Yeah. So, so what, what, how could you potentially, Keep it from fading. The, the reason I ask you that is when you talked about that in that podcast that day, and you told me what happened, when you explained it and articulated it, your whole disposition and demeanor completely transformed. Yeah, I mean, it was, um, I think me, me whole demeanor, I mean, as, uh, as went to Thailand, left work, like uh, when I went to Thailand, I was like, Pretty not. De- I, I never want to say the word depressed because it means one thing to some people and another thing to other people. But like, I, like I was certainly getting out of bed and going to work. But I like I wasn't happy, and uh, and I was struggling day to day a bit with life. And um, and after the mushrooms, I was like I was on a high for like three weeks, even coming back. And obviously, like the the effects of the drug are gone biochemically, but I was still on such a high for three weeks, just running on my own, running on my own. Uh, levels and and let's, um let's just look for a second at what was the what if you look at the what was behind the high there was a, there was being, something happening inside of you well that was contributing to that high what was that it's the beauty of the universe it's yes. the beauty of the universe and the feeling we're all connected together yes. uh, it's so beautiful and and it makes you realize that all these day-to-day silly things none of it matters None of them matters because it's something huge. Something huge out there. Yeah. So that, can you feel it's already? Yep. Yeah. Feel it. Feel good. Feel good. Feel Feel good. So you're not having a mushroom shake right now, but you are plugging back in to the energy of what you got access to. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, that's available to you, Stephen, all the time. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, but, but it, it's almost teasing. It's teasing because like, I'm like, oh, I just want it. I want it again. I want it more. Yeah. But, like, but, you, but you aren't pausing and allowing yourself to have it more 
when it's right available to you. Just now, I asked you about it, and you got access to it. So but, whatever there is more, and you just okay. need to be present to it. Yeah, because it feels like every time I try and tap back in, I get a slightly less vision of what I experienced. And, and every time it's a little bit less. Are you, and uh, are you willing to be with that less aversion? Like, could you, is it, would you be able to tolerate even if it's just this as opposed to all that it was that day? Like, so it's a, it's a less intense version. So what? Like, isn't it still better than no version? It, it, it is. And, and ultimately, um, it's, it sounds crazy, but it's the most content and happy I may have ever felt. Ever. It's, it's, and, and like, I mean, I, I can't say it too easily in, in the Middle East, but like I've been through me run of drugs. I've been through me run of drugs and tried everything to try and see what would make us feel euphoric or happy. And, and I can't, I can't quite find any other drug than mushrooms that give us the contentment and happiness, like the true bliss. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's many, I don't, I think that's the one yeah. above all others. Well, actually, honey, it's available without drugs. Cause I've experienced it and it, I've experienced it three times and I've experienced all those times. No drugs were ever involved. Yeah. No, I've, um, I, I, I was very into meditation and I remember one time I meditated for like, I did 15 minutes and I did 15 minutes and then I had 40 minutes before when I went and I did a straight 40 minutes and, uh, I had this like eclectic, uh, experience where, I was just at pure peace and I, I, I like, and I was getting the metro, like metro train, whatever to meet me friend. And for that 30 minute ride, I was so calm, so still, so at peace. So like as borderline euphoric as euphoric through this med- meditative experience. And I was just like, nothing can take this high down. But well, here's the thing it, it for right now, that high is compromise because we still get caught up in the earth and the and the day-to-day but the more frequently you give yourself access to that meditation to that place of stillness prayer whatever you want to call it it doesn't even matter you then have that permeate the rest of your day it's it's a retraining of a muscle it's a retraining of our brain to that place of stillness but just like with any exercise or practice you have to practice it to have access to it so that's going to be another homework assignment i'm going to suggest you consider getting the app 10 percent happier have you heard about that uh book uh yeah of course i know the book i know the guy uh what's the guy called again he's from abc news dan harris dan harris he had two great times on air thanks to drugs and because yeah. of the manic kind of life that he lives, which is very similar to finance guys, right? The television network television is high paced, crazy days. And, you know, he is, he is just, he's one of the best guys that I've seen put meditation. You know, the subtitle says it all a meditation for fidgety skeptics. I mean, if that doesn't name most of us, I don't know what does. So his uh, program, no, it's, it's an app called 10% Happier. Everybody that's ever been turned on to it loves it because it, it starts out really slow. But I think that is going to have a huge impact for you if you're willing to give that a shot. 
No, for sure. I, I did, uh, I did Mindspace. That was when I first got into, like, I was, like, I remember having, like, a mental breakdown, like, three years ago. And I was, like, I was off everything. I was, like, I'm not drinking. I'm not, I'm not doing anything. Cause I was borderline going home from Dubai cause it was so bad. Um, and, and then I, I got into Mindspace then cause I was thinking kind of like the doctor. I went to the doctor, the doctor says meditate. And I was like, okay. So, so I did Mindspace. That was cool. Had some good experiences. Then I went to Sam Harris. Um, Sam Harris's app is pretty cool as well, but I've not done 10% happy and I need to get back into meditation. So yeah. this, this is the, this is a very good time. Good opportunity. I'll for sure I'll download it immediately and I'll, right. and I'll do the first one tonight. Right. Um, I, I think that is going to reconnect you to you. You had a, a, a very rare experience. Not, not everybody who does mushrooms has that experience, Stephen. Oh, it's blissful. It's unbelievable. Like I, I don't want to tell people to take drugs on the podcast, but, uh, it's... but you don't have to honey, because that is accessible to people without drugs. Like I've had it three times without drugs. So it's not, it's the advocacy of that experience of having everything stripped away and see what's truly what's what is reality. The rest is an illusion that what you saw is actually reality. This right now is the I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> hope so. But, uh, but I always worry that like what we're doing now and what, what we do with meditation and what you do with mushrooms is it's like putting petrol in the car and that you put petrol in the car, the car gets full, but then ultimately you drive the car and it gets empty again. And I don't want to keep on putting petrol in the car. I feel like, I feel like one time I'm going to get sick of putting petrol in the car because it just keeps on running out and the prices keep on going higher. You get sick of nourishing yourself with food. Or water? No, no, I don't. I don't. It's a different way of looking at it. What about oxygen? Do you get sick of breathing? Oh, but the consequences are different. If I if I if I don't breathe, I die, and I'm not ready to die. Um, I see meditation a bit more as putting peril in the car. It's, it's try, or put, giving the car an oil, giving it an MOT. I'm trying to fix myself. I'm, it's not unbearable if I don't. Like, if I don't eat food, it's unbearable. If I don't, if I don't give For myself an MOT, I'll run bad, but I'll run bad, but I'll not, uh, and then eventually I'll, I'll run bad and then I'll break down <laughs> like, like a car. So <laughs> it's a good, it's a good analogy. But, um, now the consequences of not doing meditation and, and, and the other thing is, the reason I didn't like Sam Harris's app that much is because it never, it doesn't make you grow to go beyond 10 minutes. Like he's like, Oh, you're going to achieve it all in 10 minutes. I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. I, th- I think you need to do an hour, 40, 45 minutes an hour. You need to go deep. I, you know, I think everybody's different. Look, you figure the people he's talking to for 10 minutes could be, you know, for you and me an hour, right? Some people, 10 minutes, they just would be shocked that they'd ever be able to do 10 minutes. So maybe he's going after, a specific, you know, subgroup. Maybe that's what works for him. I think you have to find what works for you. Maybe he's going for the masses to make a lot of money. Maybe. Maybe. Nothing wrong with that either, right? But (laughs) people stopping and pausing for 10 minutes a day, that's more than they did before. He should make a profit. I'm glad because he's changing the world even with 10 minutes per person. But I wouldn't get caught up right now in how long it lasts. What matters is that you just notice that we're interrupted that stillness is interrupted. That's all. You just want to notice because that allows you to begin to pay attention to that monkey mind or to that inner gremlin. 
And it's the noticing them because they don't necessarily go away. But knowing they're there, that awareness changes everything. And, no, and, and, and go on. The, the simply noticing, I'm, like, it's brain, I'm brainwashed already. Um. <laughs> oh, the college working, thank God. If I hear simply noticing like 50 times in, in, in one hour, I'm like, oh, I'm, I start saying it. Like, I just simply notice, simply notice. What, tell me um, an example of 50 times an hour. What's, what is it you notice? No, I, no, I think, um, and it comes from meditation as well, but I think not, the noticing, I don't want to say simply noticing because I don't want to give in to them yet, but the, the noticing, the, when you do meditate, and this is a good thing and a bad thing, when you do meditate, you just, for some single moment, you, you just notice that you, you feel the you feel the presence of like the universe and the world like it's weird you you kind of become at one with it you you almost like look I'm here I'm with you I'm with whatever this is and it, and it's indescribable but um and that feeling is so blissful but the, the counter argument if it's so blissful why is the effort of sitting down and forcing yourself to sit down and get back in that state. Why is that harder than the reward? Why do you not do it? Like, cause people meditate all the time and then they break in and they break out of it. Why, if it's so good, why don't people continue it? Because we're humans and because there's a discipline involved in doing something that is potentially having us be present to this moment. But, but do you know what I mean though? It's like, if the rewards were that good, if you are getting so much out of it, would you not, would you not think, oh, this is valuable. I have to do this. Yes. And people do. And we're going to still potentially bump into the resistance of the doing. You know, we, we have a culture. I think this is all, this is cultural as well. Your culture, my culture is a culture of doing right. That if you think about India, where meditation is a lot more kind of like just part of how you grow up yeah, for sure. there is more encouraging of a beingness. If we're being and we're not doing, we feel like we're doing something wrong. We feel a little bit ashamed and a little bit like uneasy. It's almost like a vulnerable place to just be in the United States culture, the UK culture. We're taught from day one. You got to, you got to do, do, do. And when you meditate, you stop doing, you just be. Yeah. But now, but there's, there's also the guarantee of there's no, you're not going to get the reward necessarily that time as well. You might not get it that time when you get it. It's, it's kind of with all of the practice that you've done for all of the time. Right. You're like, should I really do it that time? Cause it's probably, not, I'm probably not going to get anything. Ego. The day. That's the ego, right? The lowercase ego saying like, what the hell do you need this for? If you just, you know, go watch something funny on YouTube, or if you just go and have a drink, you're going to feel better like that. You don't have to do anything. Like it's, it's a normal human tendency to want an easy way out, right? It's survival. Like find a shortcut. This is not a shortcut. So everybody likes shortcuts. We're encouraging ourselves all the time to find them. All the hacks, find the hack. How you can, you know, hack the body, hack the mind, hack this. Well, meditation is, I think, the ultimate hack, but it doesn't look like all these other hacks. So people are like, is it worth it? You know, that that's, I think, why we don't necessarily do what's good for us because we we 
we think there's a shortcut and we're looking for it all the time or the ego wants us to look for it all the time, which is okay. Don't, we don't want to make it wrong, but we also want to say, huh, the things that seem to be the worth while do ask me to have to have that discipline expressed and, and, and have that willpower. No, and I agree. And, I, and to, to, to some degree, when you say you, you go on a diet or you abstain from something, uh, you, you always feel you, once you get into it, you feel more happy and better than you've ever felt before. Cause it's, it builds self-confidence. It, it makes you feel like you've got progress. Yeah. yeah. I don't know who said this. I just saw it the other day, but self, somebody said self-love is self-discipline. It is. It, it, it really is. And then, and then even when you do think I've, I've, I've had so much self-discipline recently that I can indulge. You feel like shit the next day. <laughs> so like, none of it, none of it, it, but, but it's good. Like, but, but you do the self-love so you can have the indulgence. Yeah. It's, it's all the reward at the end of the tunnel, but the reward's what, never good. What's an example of you showing self, uh, discipline? Oh, it's tough. Cause I really don't have much. Um, spoke to it. You just spoke to, I, I had a lot of self-discipline and then I indulged. What, what were those? Experiences? Uh, so yeah, no, for example, um, I'm uh, like, it was funny when you were saying like the, the question was like, do you quit stuff or have you ever quit stuff? And I was really pissed. Thinking, nah, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't really have ever quit stuff because I've read books about people quitting shit and they regret it. So, so like I've, if something triggered in my head, uh, don't quit stuff. I keep at it no matter what. Um, unless you're a murderer and you're murdering people, then you should quit murdering people because, because <laughs> it's, it's harming people. <laughs> like quit murdering people. For okay, sure. So, um, so- is it, is it, uh, tell me, tell me what, where you showed though that self-discipline. Just a lot. Uh, no, like, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, like even this month, me and a friend, uh, we've got a target to run a hundred kilometers, which is like 60 miles in a month. And, uh, I'm, I'm like few, 10 miles away from it. And I've got like seven days to go and he's about 15 miles away. So like, I've got that, that discipline to like every morning be like, you're running motherfucker. Do you know what I mean? You're running. Um, you made a promise. You're gonna do it. Um, last few weeks with trading, it's been like you are cutting that loss because you are not going back to that place. You are cutting it, and uh, for a long, long time, cutting the loss. I'd rather blow up. I'd rather feel the the raw sensation and raw emotions of blowing everything, and then it was a good excuse to just get dead drunk after f everything. Um, somewhere along the line, disciplines come, come in a little bit. Yeah. So, so give me an example of that specifically when you have betrayed, you know, you should cut the losses and what is going on for you emotionally. It, it It's more that I'd be more reckless going into the trade. I'd be reckless and just think like, I'm going to short higher and higher and higher, whatever. Um, but more recently I've been like, a, don't, don't go into the trade early. Let, let it, let, let the stock get more closer to the market open because that's, that's discipline in itself, not being early in an, in an entry. Yep. Let, let, let's see what the stock does at the opening. If you miss it, you miss it. But mm-hmm. don't, don't try and be early because these things, I, I mean, it's basically what you said on the first podcast that we had together. It's like, ask yourself questions before you get into the trade. And I was like, am I getting, why am I getting into this trade at 8.30 in the morning? Am I getting in because I'm bored? Am I getting in because I think I'm going to miss it? What's the answer? 
what was the answer to those questions when you asked yourself? Uh, it's, uh, I'm bored and I'm going to miss it. And, and what happens when you normally get into trades when you think you're bored and you're going to miss them? Generally, it always goes much higher and you either lose money or uh, you don't make as much money as you should have because you've had to average up and average up and your position isn't very good. And I think, you know what it is? It's okay to either miss it or... um so, so basically, I, I, I think it's okay to miss it because missing it is better than uh, being in it early and going through that horrific experience. So I'll either miss it or I'll get that great price if it does come to where it was. And, and nine times out of ten, it goes to the price where you, <laughs> you thought it, where you thought it was. You don't miss it, and uh, and you get a really good short, <laughs> and you make good money. Like <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> Good. And I've not missed one. I've not missed one. I've not missed one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Your brain's like, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. I'm like, not missed one. Just waited for it. And it goes up and it does it. Does it. So um, now you know that that voice that tells you you're going to miss it is not, it's it's not necessarily trustworthy. No, it's not trustworthy at all. It is. It is like... It's that voice is trying to get you to blow up. It's like an evil, evil, <laughs> evil person trying to get you to blow up your account. That is yeah. gremlin, dude. Uh, the gremlin's trying to get you to blow up. It's like you are going to blow up and then you're going to self-destruct and then you're going to feel like shit tomorrow and because I want you to. Just repeat. Yeah, it's, it's a self-sabotaging, horrible, horrible, horrible thing. But until you recognize, and, and I did what you, what you told me to do. I was like, look, question this. And then think rationally, like it's, and, and it's, and it's, and it like again with an afternoon trade as well. It's like, Stephen, do you want to, do you want to short this, uh, VWAP, this, this VWAP reclaim? I'm like, every time I short in the afternoon in this setup when I've made money, I never win. So why am I doing it now? It's, it's cause you want to feel even better than you felt this morning. You want to feel even better. And then I'm like, I'll tell you what, I'll do it, but I'm going to have a tight, tight stop on this because. I've made this mistake so many times. If I make it, I don't want to make it badly. Yep. yep. And uh, I, t- I took the tight stop. I looked at it t- two hours later and the thing's making new highs. And I'm like, <laughs> at least I cut it though. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm like, but you, you, what you've made me do is see the patterns in my behavior that I couldn't see that were right in front of my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's hard for us to see that without, you know, somebody neutral with us it's it's you know it's like seeing the forest for the trees it's it's we're beings that need to have be in community you know and need to be in relationship it's it's hard to be in your own head and not be able to hear until you just start to pay attention then then now you're paying attention now you're hearing you're watching yourself and observing yourself that's what you're doing you're observing yourself but but in the past, I was always like, look, um, I made videos every week saying, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, so you're not going to do that now. But what, what I never had for all of those years, is, which is what I've learned from you, is I never asked those questions in the present moment. I was never truly present with me trading. I guess that's the best way to put it. That, say that again. <laughs> say that again. Yeah, I was, I was never truly present when I was trading. Never was. I was always uh, overtook by someone else. And, and, and I could be present when I... Close your you know eyes. I want you just okay. to hear yourself say that. Really say say it again really slowly and like hear it on the inside of your whole being. Yeah, I was I was never truly present. Yeah. 
just notice what that feels like to have that truth land. I was never truly present. <sighs> yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a bit, uh, it's, a, it's a big one. Um, big one, Stephen. It's a big one. It's a big one because I, I would tell myself over and over I would do it. But then you just, within a second, the gremlin, let's say, within a second, the gremlin can take back over. Within a second. And it doesn't matter how many times you correct yourself. Right. Within a second, that gremlin can take back over and you're back in that cycle. Correct. And but here's the other thing that's really amazing about what you just said. What you're seeing and learning is that you, when you're present, have a different experience with trading because you have what you need. You are not present. That means somebody else is driving your trade. Yeah, I'm being took over. Correct. And what and 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 trading and and what is the beautiful chemistry and what you do and how you relate it to trading is that a person's mind and how they control themselves has is not tested in any other area more so than trading. The biggest battle with a man in, in his own mind is generally in trading because that's where the ego is most present. Correct. So the biggest battle is the, with a man or a woman, the biggest battle with the, with the, with the gremlin is in trading. There's no time when you want to indulge more. Correct. I mean, you might be at a sex party with cocaine and someone's saying you've got a wife, don't do it. <laughs> like that, that's me. <laughs> Don't do the cocaine and don't sleep with the with the people in the sex party. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That, that that's the analogy with trading. Like that's only like don't want to cut that trade. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's what it's like. <laughs> it's all upon a silver platter. It's like there's yeah. temptation of temptation. But but the the thing I want you to really see is that you. When you're driving the bus, trade phenomenally well. Yeah, because I know it all. I know it all. I know all the stuff. I've been through the courses. I know how to do it. And, it, and it's not that hard. It's not that hard to trade. It's not. What's hard is to not let the gremlin drive the bus. Yeah, and 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 a lot of the time it's what you it's what you don't do rather than what you do. I it's bet. it's. It's definitely what you don't do. It's like I'm not not gonna go in there right now. I'm gonna wait. And could gonna you wait for that gonna wait for that lower high. The not doing is much more like being. Yep. Yeah, I can absolutely make that parallel. It's being with yourself, being being the real you, being present for sure. And just, and just being this is different than doing. Remember, I said you were human doings, not uh, we're, we're rather, we're human beings, not human doings. And yet the culture that you and I have both grown up in is telling us always to do. So here you are in this trading situation and everything inside of your ego, your cultural conditioning tells you that you make things happen. So you got to do something. And yet you're telling me the biggest success comes from not doing. Well, that means stepping into your beingness. Oh, it's, it's, it's ups. And, and, and you don't realize how many other opportunities come when you don't do, when you don't do, when you don't do, 
a little bit later on in 20 minutes, 30 minutes time. You're like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. This is such a great opportunity. <laughs> and it's just, uh, it's simply by not doing, yeah. So can you imagine if you begin to really practice the beingness via meditation, via noticing your emotions? The more you build the muscle of beingness, then that is going to, how can it not filter into how you treat? Your oh, will, but is going to expand greatly. But Kim, if I blow up my account, I'm going to be pretty sad after all of this. But the point <laughs> is, it could happen. Nobody's saying, like, there's no guarantees here. Yeah, the, however, yeah, the Kremlin can take over at any time. However, well, we're, we're working towards you not having it take over. And if you are truly present to what's going on for you and what your motives are, your the chances of you having success completely increase because at least you're present. No, but who cares about success at the end of the day? If you're present, then you, you're, you're already successful. You've Is already won. Are you, are you just saying that? Or do you really believe that? No, no, I fully believe it. I've been through enough meditation books to, to, to know the score and to believe it. Um, Joseph, do you know Joseph Goldstein? Have you heard of him? Joseph Goldstein. Oh, Goldstein. Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, he's from the Dan Harris book, right? He's the guy who we went to see. I, I know, I know the 10 percent happier book. Um, so Joseph Goldstein, like I even went into a lot of his, a lot of his, um, audio books and sessions and stuff like that. He's awesome. He's such a great teacher and he makes it so down to earth and approachable and applicable. Yeah. He's a very cool guy. Um, so yeah. So when I say if I'm present, then I'm happy and that is the ultimate success. Then I'm, I'm truly, truly being honest with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm not very material. I'm uh, for, like for a guy who's, Every time I've earned money and thought I can buy things to be happy, I've always been ended up sad. So I've, materialism has just constantly been disappointing. So I'm, I'm absolutely not material. It, every now and then I like to be. Yeah. I mean, but, but I know that there's a greater thing. It's not, there's not, it's not anything that's wrong with materialism. It's, it's just being. You know, so this, I'll send you this list between now and the next session, and it's a universal needs list. And I, I would love for you to look at that list from the perspective of what your non-negotiable needs are. And, and the reason I want you to have that distinction is because ultimately the material things are simply our attempt to get a need met. So the reason yep. that so many times they'll leave us empty is because they aren't the need. They just look like what will get us the need. Yeah. And, and like the guy in the boat and, and do you know, I've got one memory that really sticks out since I was young. Uh, and it was probably the first time I started feeling a bit depressed. Um, I'd been promoted at work and I was like young at the time. I was like, went from an executive to a senior executive or whatever. And, uh, I came home and uh, I told me mom and dad, I was like, you're not going to believe it. I've been promoted at work. And I didn't get the reaction that I thought I would get from them. I didn't get that. I didn't get that. Like you, you're so good. Well done. It was more like, this is the real world and that's what you're meant to do. So well done, but yeah. we're but not yeah. going to lap praise on you. Yeah. And uh, I was sad for like days. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, because in that moment, you had a need for acknowledgement. 
you had a need to be uh, celebrated. You had a need to feel respected. You had a, those are all human needs. And it didn't get met with two people that really meant mean something to you. So it, it's understandable that you, you, of course, would have been depressed because those basic needs weren't met. Yeah, and, and a celebration turned into a sadness. Of course, of course, because, because here you are with this exciting you know, experience where you were acknowledged at work. That's what they did by giving that promotion. They acknowledged you. They recognized your you know, contribution. And now you're proud of that and you want to share that with somebody. And they were kind of non-pulsed about it. So that, that makes you feel like, wow, maybe this isn't such a big deal. Like it, and it doesn't get your need for that acknowledgement met. So that, of course, you would feel depressed. Anybody would. Because if you don't get your needs met, you get depressed. But, but you know what I think, and it reminds me of a guy at work now. Do you know what I think? I think maybe, maybe they were thinking, do you know what it is, Stephen? The world isn't about you and you need to, you need to figure that out. And not everything's about you. The world is not about you. Um, that, that may be something that they were wanting you to understand, but that would not be the appropriate time to teach that lesson. Do you think? Cause, cause I, I kind of look back and I'm like, I'm, I'm much less self-oriented than I have been in the past. And I'm more about a team rather than me as an individual. And I think if, if that, if that lesson, which was a bad experience, but if it taught me to be less self, self, um, not self-aware because that's the right, that's the wrong word, self-oriented, then self-involved, self-interested, self-oriented, any of those things. But if it taught us to be less like that, then, then it's a good lesson. It's a sad one, but it's a good one. Well, I think there's ways though that that lesson can be taught to us without us having our basic needs not met. Like, it's, but if me, yeah, but I don't. It's a it's a memory we still have that that. Yeah, yeah, ten ten years ago, it's still sad. Yeah, so ten years ago, it's still sad. So it's it those lessons can be taught without costing our basic needs. They they can be taught without that, you know. And I and I think it's it takes practice. At the end of the day, undoubtedly, your parents in that moment did not meet your needs because they themselves didn't have their basic needs met. We Do you think? Because I, I, I don't I, want anything I, fake. I don't want you to be fake. If 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 you're not, if you don't feel like you want to deliver that, then please don't deliver it. But so, I don't. I don't so here's how it could have gone had they known this language, nonviolent communication. They could have said, Stephen, it sounds like. Uh, you got this incredible opportunity today and I got fired from my job or I had a fight with your father just five minutes before you walked in the room. I'm not in a position to really be there for you. Can you give me 20 minutes to come back to you and be there for you? Because right now I'm kind of lost in my own experience and I can't kind of get out of it to come there and be there for you. So give me whatever day and I'll come back and then we can revisit this. But right now I don't have my own, needs met so i can't really give you any that would, I, I would that that would be a better response but i, I also think their response might be Stephen, you're a self-involved brat and i'm not further in your ego that's more the response that i would expect well i and i get that that is something that people think is acceptable but i i don't think it is because in that moment then somebody would be shaming you and to shame somebody especially in the midst of a celebratory win is not is going to do more damage than not. If you were self-involved, and uh, then that is a conversation that should have been happening outside of that moment. 
that moment isn't the moment yeah. to like suddenly decide we're going to have him start to be self-aware. No, I, I agree. I agree. I think, I think it's, it's in a negative moment. It stayed with me for 10 years. So it's, it's, and it can only make me feel worse as a person. So I think there's, there's, no, there's no way that that was the right approach. Yeah. So, um, so in that moment though, we can still, you can heal that moment for yourself by looking you'll you'll get this needs list and you can name i would like you to identify all the needs that didn't get met in that one moment when you came back to share the news with them and what you can do is begin to give yourself empathy empathy for not having those needs met at that moment that yeah, is a, those wounds it's a tough one because i don't know if i deserve it that's the thing though. i don't know if i deserve that empathy i don't know if that's so, a whole other thing are you ready for this one? Are you ready for this one? Do you yeah, know what the guy who created NVC, his name is Marshall Rosenberg. Do you know what he said is the most dangerous word in the English language? Go on. Deserve. Deserve. <laughs> because yeah. when we believe some people deserve and some people don't, we have a tendency to not treat certain people like they are worthy and that's how violence and a violent society begins that some deserve and some do not yeah i think it's a horrible i think it's a horrible disgusting thing uh, and and uh, just it starts right here honey it starts right here you right now don't think you deserve empathy for a situation where you had pain that's true and, and I don't want to, and I, as if, you could I, earn, I uh, as if you could earn worthiness, you can't earn it. You're worthy because you exist because you breathe. It isn't what you do that earns that it's because you live that you are worthy. But, Every- uh, I, I agree. And, and I don't want to take it off me. I don't want to deflect it off me, but I just think it's relevant. Um, how, how shit is it that in the society that we're in, uh, like say with England and the UK at the moment that they'll want to leave. Uh, it's totally off. I'm sorry, but they'll want to leave the European Union, which means that everyone from every city in Europe is now not able to come to England to have the opportunity to to make a better life for themselves. Why? Why should geography determine opportunity? If you're if you're willing to work, if you're willing to strive, why shouldn't you have the opportunity that other people have? Why shouldn't why should a, ge- a geographical location give a boundary to your success or your opportunity? But the geographical location—they're—they're all a a symptom of this fundamental misinformation that they're that 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 I'm worthy and they are not worthy, or these people are worthy and these people aren't. They haven't earned this, this or this. That's where all these kinds of very, in my opinion awful kind of perspectives come from they come from this fundamental belief that some people that we all have to earn our worthiness and every human being is worthy but but when you have been told and taught that some people are more worthy than others or that you have to earn love or earn you know empathy then you're going to ultimately think that there's it's a zero-sum game and it isn't Uh there's a there's a saying, and I don't know how it happened, but I was obviously I wasn't alone taking mushrooms. I was taking mushrooms with all my friends, and somehow when we're all high, we said, "Only the universe judges." 
and it's stuck with us forever uh, is being us is being me uh only the universe judges the universe judges no one else judges and it, and it obviously the universe isn't a single entity but it's just a way of saying we're all equal we're all the same we're all made of the same stuff yeah so we're all so as one another if that's true that we're all equal and we're and so that would also mean that you would have a right and you would be worthy of empathy for yourself for that moment wouldn't you Uh, it's yeah, I'm hitting I'm hitting a block. I'm hitting a block when I think of that. It's a tough yeah. one to, it's a tough one to think of. Um not 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 because it's painful, I'm just I'm not trying. Um so, so let let's just imagine for the moment you the, the the even the worst case scenario of you being, you know, a self absorbed little prick. Brat. <laughs> <laughs> let's just imagine okay that's who you want uh, it's not hard i can just think back <laughs> what 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 is behind that what's behind the person who's like you know just a little self-absorbed prick what's behind that what's underneath that i don't know what uh i don't know why i think it but i do i think that about myself um yeah. So look underneath, look back at that time, at that one from 10 years ago version of you, not now. Uh, running home to tell his parents. No, it's got, it's got to be, uh, it's got to be a, an insecurity that manifested itself somehow for some reason. Yeah. So somebody who acts like a prick, ultimately what's going on inside, they feel really insecure. Yeah. Or miserable. Right? Or miserable. They, they don't feel they're enough. It's so sad that I've learned this recently, but yeah, there's there's people who I work with who are angry all of the time, and and like you're such a prick. But then you've got to like someone said it was the other day. Like, do you think do you think he wants to be in that mood? Do you think he wants to act like that? Like he's got serious anger and depression problems that he doesn't even know that he's got. So don't don't judge him. Don't judge him. Like. He's, he's suffering. He's suffering and you're just watching it as a witness. You're witnessing yeah. it and not doing anything about it. Yeah. So can you see the 10 young, year younger per- version of you who may have very well been a prick having something going on inside of him that's making him so self-involved? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm worthy. Yeah, for sure. I'm worthy. I'm worthy of the, I'm worthy of the empathy. I'm, yeah, for sure. Good. In that context, for sure. Good. So that's the place you want to stand and think back to that moment when you get this list I send you and see if you can give him empathy for not getting that pat on the back from them when you shared the news. Yeah, I just feel really sad about the guy that I work with. I just feel so sad that I haven't done more um, because... About him in a minute, but the reason I want to keep you on you is because it's easy to distract yourself with him. And we can go there and uh, probably that might be... You'll, you'll impact him in some way. But right now, let's, before you can start to give your empathy to other people, you have to give it to yourself. Yeah. But the only reason I say this is because my parents didn't give us it in that situation. So wouldn't it be nice to write the wrong to give it to someone else, give to someone else what I didn't get? Yes. But you have to first give it to you. You still didn't get empathy in that moment. Let's heal you first before you go out and try to be a contribution to somebody else. I'm pretty good with this being about me. I'm pretty good with that. Let's, let's make it me. Good. But let, let's just look at the pattern that you're like 
that didn't happen for me. Let me go out there and make it better for somebody else. But There's but look at YouTube as well. Just say it. Look at YouTube. Let me uh, on this subject. Let me maybe my life or whatever wasn't that great. So, but let me go on YouTube and try and fix everyone else's. But let let's not talk about me. It, it's a good observation, right? Yep. Yep. It's like a leapfrog. You're leapfrogging nice. over the place where it, it's most important, which is how codependency starts, right? What's codependency? Yeah. Codependency is this feeling like, oh, I have to be a contribution to everybody else. But you, you bypass yourself. Yeah, there's something weird in that. Like, let me, uh, let me just fix, let me try and help everyone else and that may just fix me. Yeah. But you're just ignoring yourself. Just but I, I didn't know that, I didn't know that was a problem until now. I didn't even realize I was doing this. It's just something that kind of just came because you didn't have some tools. So it's not a problem. It's just, it's costing you though. It's a cost because you, we can give of our abundance, not of our substance. If we give of our substance all the time, there's a huge cost. And that also increases our need to numb. I agree. I'm going to let me plug in the charger one sec. Okay. I, I, I know, I know. It's not a good, it's, we're in the middle. Oh, I was, oh fine. I, I, I was on like 4%. I'm like, we're in the middle of this and there's not, there's not going to be an appropriate time. <laughs> there's not going to be an appropriate time. I'm like, we're right in the center and, and I, I need to move around and plug it in. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I've got, I've just got to come out and say it. I'm like, I need to plug in. <laughs> It's awesome. You're awesome. You really are. Really, trying. 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 Being human being, Stephen. You really are. You have such. You have such a great sense of humor. You're so so authentic. You're just. You know. You're sensitive and kind. You're a good human being, Stephen. And and Glenn says that as well. Glenn's like, because Glenn can read us. Like Glenn can read me as well. He's like. It's Glenn the producer. He's like, um, it's like, dude, I know you can feel down sometimes. Like, I can say it. I can say it because I've got to know you. But don't worry, all the people who listen to the podcast, they love you. They think you're amazing. And I'm like, yeah, Glenn, okay, okay, Glenn, thanks. And 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 I go home feeling good. He makes us feel happy for about for two hours. Yeah. But uh, it's not. It doesn't last. It doesn't last, sadly. Yeah, but it's it's not you know lasting I mean? long because it's because the focus is probably on these other people which means your heart is really big but we have to find a way to get your heart to start to give all that care and concern internally no and 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 i want to do that and i think if i can fix me like i'm not the most like messed up person in the world i'm sure but uh there's definitely some you're not broken though there's no fixing you don't need any fixing you are naturally creative resourceful and whole and everything that you are now and everything you have done has been you navigating with all the tools that you had. That doesn't mean broken. It just means you learned certain skills when you were young that helped you navigate your childhood. And now you're using those same tools, but you aren't the same anymore. So you need different tools, but there's nothing broken with you. You don't need to be fixed. 
No, it's true. And I think the only re- the only way that you would feel broken is you think, well, uh, nah. I mean, I'm I don't maybe I don't. Sometimes I feel broken, and I don't know why. But but I think you need to look deeper. What, what what's broken? What do you feel broken about? Why do you feel broken? And and then it's like, well, because sometimes I lose control. Sometimes I can't control my own decisions. Or I'll just I'll just do something. I'll regret it. It's these things. These are things though that are not necessarily things that are indicating brokenness. They're just indicating of coping mechanisms and attempts to get your needs met. All you are is a human being who's trying to get his needs met, but you don't have all the distinctions between the needs versus the wants yet. So the more you become fluent in what your basic needs are, you have a better chance at meeting your own needs. But you didn't have that distinction before. It's it's, it's true, but sometimes I don't even know what I want. Like I, I spoke to you for a full podcast, being like, stuff trading, stuff trading, and then I'll sit on the comp. Like after I've had just a few pieces of advice from you, trading goes really well again, and I'm like, this is the best thing on earth. And I'm like, well, what did I just say? I didn't like. I just said for an hour I didn't like it. Well, and then now I'm like, I can't live without it. <laughs> so, so let's look at that. What what is possibly what became available to you by being in a position last time to even step into the imagination of not doing it? What became possible for you? The, the, I mean, I think what you did in the last session was you made me, you made it more real than ever that I was going to walk away. And then, and then when I thought about walking away, I was just like, I can't. There's just no way I can do that because, because, uh, I've like, I had so much joy and I still get so much joy from the YouTube videos, the podcast, the wins, the getting there, the progress, like there's so much joy in that. And, uh, and I know we're like, Oh, why don't you interview other people? Maybe you just need freedom to consider not doing it. That was enough. Maybe, yeah. I mean, quite, quite possibly, it was. Uh, it was just knowing that I had a choice and I could make the choice. I'd, uh, I'd, like honestly, for, for me, a lot of the stuff that you do, I don't even. I'm like, I don't know what she's doing. But then I see, <laughs> I see these little results here and there. I'm like, she's doing some of it, <laughs> doing some of it, because I can cut losses now and I couldn't cut them before. <laughs> don't, you know what I mean? don't know what she's doing, but. Like somehow I can press the button and I couldn't press it before. So something's happening. <laughs> I don't know how you're doing it, but um, but like I'm not I'm not as impulsive. I can I can manage myself a bit better. Maybe you just need to give yourself the freedom and the space to imagine other roads or other options. I think freedom is a non-negotiable need for you, and I think what was happening is you were coming to a place of feeling you didn't have the freedom of choice. And by having that conversation, what you did is you allowed yourself to have freedom of choice. I might walk away from this. And just being able to stand in that even for a minute gave you the realization that, wait, you know what? Actually, I don't want to walk away. I mean, I think we just need spaciousness to feel our feelings. And when we finally feel them, then we potentially find ourselves with a new perspective on something. That's all you did. And I think the brain's pretty complex and it took, you have to sit a while to figure out what you, what you really, really want. And you have to bounce some ideas and try some, try some things. 
Absolutely. And when you talk about something and you imagine it playing out, now it becomes more real. And then you sit and maybe a day later, you're like, huh, you know what? Actually, I don't want that. But if you don't get to say it out loud without judgment or making yourself wrong, then you can't ever have that experience. And that's all that session did is it gave you room and space to hear another voice within yourself and allow it to say it's peace. And then you do want it. And, and I agree. And, and isn't it amazing that you can go from thinking, I feel sick at the thought of opening the broker account up. I feel sick at the thought of it. I feel sick at it. To go to, to thinking, I am so excited. <laughs> Let's give this a go. It's amazing. And it's, and it's almost because maybe I, I felt trapped. I felt trapped in it. So, and it was making us feel physically sick. And then maybe the, the minute I, I thought, do you know what it is? I've got a choice here. And I, and I knew I had a choice, but I didn't really, really know I had a choice. Well, you need to feel the frustration of it. You need to be with the frustration of it. Admit it to yourself. Allow that younger version of you to speak its peace. All you did was you gave a lot of room to yourself to just feel your feelings. Once we feel our feelings, they're not as, uh, they're not as kind of like intense because they just need to be felt doesn't mean we act on them. It just means we allow ourselves a lot of room to just feel them. And then after we feel them, we feel differently. It's just part of the dynamic of them. But isn't it, isn't it beautiful to feel feelings when you haven't felt them for a while? It's, it's a pretty so beautiful thing. It's, it's the best so thing. Freeing. It's so freeing. It's incredible. And I'm a, I don't know. I doubt they have this in Dubai. I wonder. They had something in California. Uh, I don't think it's still there anymore. It was called the Smash Shack. Have you ever heard of this place? No, no. So you basically rent a space for like an hour and you buy at the front a box of dishes and you go into a room, you put on oh. goggles and you play any kind of music you want and you smash and break every single thing that you bring into that room. And it allows you to just discharge your anger, frustration, uh, disappointment in a really healthy way. But it physically allows, you know, also, culture, culturally, we've been dis, discouraged from feeling our feelings or anger or expressing it. And this is a really powerful way of being able to let, because anger is just a feeling. It's not right or wrong. Um, but this allows us a way to kind of discharge uh, that. It would be, it, it, it would be great. I, sometimes people who have backyards or garages, I'll tell them to set up a smash shack for themselves so they can discharge it. Um, yeah. And, and, I, and I get that, and I and I understand it, and I think you've you've got to you've you've got to be at peace with yourself. And like again, going back to the mushroom experience, um, my friend had a really bad trip, and I had a really good trip. And uh, wow. I said, you know what? Do you know why you had the bad trip? Because I went to therapy for a couple of years. My mind is pure. <laughs> I have I, all that stuff's been. All that pent up stuff has been, has been, it's been healed. It's been fixed. I feel God. I'm at peace. Um, and you've got some demons. <laughs> you've got some demons you need to address and it's, it's coming out in the, with the drugs. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's my take on it, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know what I mean? I can't prove it, but I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I think, I think that when we go on hallucinogenic trips or we go on you know ayahuasca you know that the the drug sometimes forces us to be with things that maybe we haven't been with uh in our day-to-day 
so it can be a bridge, but I, I think people have to be careful with it. Even with the ayahuasca journeys, a lot of people are doing them now. Uh, you, you have to be with people who know how to have, uh, it's got to be in a certain kind of a setting where there are controlled, not control like the day-to-day control, but like controls around the experience for somebody. Because I do think some people do have really bad trips who have other things happening for them. And it's not always a good time. Even personal development work, when you do an intensive weekend, they'll, they'll ask you to sign a questionnaire that you're not, you know, I remember I wanted to do landmark uh, but it was within months of my mother dying and they actually discouraged me from it. They felt you need to finish grieving and then come and do this. So I think we have to be very sensitive and empathetic to ourselves about when we do those kinds of journeys because they, they may or may not be the right time for us and people react differently. He, he may have gotten too much for his body chemistry and you may have gotten just the right amount. You know, all those things have impact to dehydration nourishment you know all of these things can impact somebody's journeys effect uh, and and it was a little bit funny i mean it's a bit cruel but it's a little bit funny it's like, ah, like haha yeah i'm having a good time you're you look like you're having a panic attack it's a little bit funny but that's 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 the that's the cruel side of me coming out a little bit well and so that could be that be be worth looking at but i i, I don't think you're really cruel actually i think you have a really wicked sense of humor wicked in a good way but i i don't think you're, yeah, yeah. i don't think you're really cruel because i think you could laugh at that but i think deep down you would feel for him <laughs> a little bit no, but i mean it, it's more of a it's not going to change the world it's not going to change his world it's not when no one's dead it's just yeah. one of those things it's a little bit funny like you'll get over it in a couple of hours it's 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 a funny kind of humor um, nah, and and uh, for sure I'm not cruel. Sometimes I like I like to push people's buttons because it's funny and other people find it funny. But that's a sense of humor that sometimes gets us in trouble. At. I don't think that's cruel either. Everyone's everyone's gonna live another day. Everyone's gonna get on the next day. I'm not I'm not thinking. I'm not I'm not pushing someone to to be like, ah, oh, I've nearly upset you, and I really want you to feel bad. It's more like this is uh, funny, and we're all having a good time. I think it's because you probably see when people put up a facade of bullshit. And you just want to poke a hole in that. Cause I, cause I think integrity and oh, yeah. is really important to you. And if people don't show up that way, I think you, you want to kind of like pull that out. I want to, I want to see the real person. Yeah, for sure. And, and that might be it, but I, I didn't really think about it that way. But yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe it's, it's a, it'd be curious to, it'd be curious to look at like, be curious, bring that sense of observer to those moments when you do do that. See if you see if you can understand what need it is you're trying to get met in that moment, because you are ultimately driven by need in that moment. Yeah, and no, I, I think it's kind of like it's like I just know someone's. It just yeah, it, it's tough. It's like. If, if I think someone's being too, nah, but I'm doing the wrong thing. Cause if I think someone's being too self-involved, too self-obsessed or something like that in a creative environment when I'm at work, sometimes like I'll make fun because I'm like, you are acting way too self-obsessed. It's, it's, it's causing problems in the session. It's slowing things down. So my way of getting back is to make fun. And maybe that's, that's not the right way to do it, but. Well, it, it's not necessarily right or wrong. It's just the curious, you want to bring curiosity. Is it 
costly to you or to the situation. It, and sometimes the cost is low and sometimes the cost is high. So you just want to look at, okay, but the ultimate goal is that you want the meeting to run succinctly and that's stopping. So it could be very often that that sense of humor is exactly low cost and it gets you to the result you want. So then that's, and it's rewarding because it's funny and, and everyone laughs about it except the person. Correct. So it could, but it could be having the effect you want it to have. The curiosity is, is there costs that you don't want that potentially are being paid? And that's when, you know, you potentially shift gears. That's all. None. But yeah, no, I, I agree with what you're saying. And it's funny, like I've, I've got people in my family, like my brother, he's like, he has an explosive temper and he'll be aggressive and nasty. And I remember he always said it was like, once he snapped with his mom in Vegas, like he would when you've been drinking for 24 hours and not slept, he like snapped and he was crying. He was crying. And he was like, Stephen, honestly, sometimes I just wish I could be like you because you never get angry. Like you never have a temper. Nothing, nothing makes you aggressive. And I'm like, yeah, I just don't have that in us. I don't, I don't have that. I can't be nasty. Mm. I mean, obviously people will say I can be nasty, but I find it, I find it very difficult. You know, where, where I think there happens, it does happen a little bit is internally. I think you're super hard on yourself. Uh, Yeah. I mean, for sure. And, and like, obviously in those moments and whenever it's like really like, pushed with alcohol like because if you if you go on a two-day band or a three-day band out of alcohol that fourth day i'm like i'm i'm serious i'm like i, I want to jump off my balcony i'm on the 49th floor i could jump off like and, and i'm cool saying that and that's that tell other people it's not a private thing i'm like i want to jump off the balcony but i'm just too scared of not knowing what happens next yeah. um and it's sad that's sorry it's the same energy as what you're, what you see in your brother-in-law, it's the same energy. It's just internal. Yeah, uh, maybe you can. I could make that parallel. Yeah, I could make that parallel. But but with me, brother, it's aggression, like aggression, aggression. With me, it's like it's similar. It's similar. Um, but it's there's frustration there as well. But, but aggression ultimately is informed by frustration yep yep i agree it they're they're kind of one and the same but but yours goes on internally his happens externally but it's two sides of the same coin his is probably more costly externally to him right there's costs to hit to himself to people around him to the environments he's in whereas your cost is only internal there's no external cost with that internal frustration. Yeah, and um, and it it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen too often, but but when it does, yeah, it's 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 not nice. Mm-hmm. And and if um, if you don't allow for yourself to receive empathy from yourself or others, right? Because you may not feel that you're deserving of it. it could could you see that that would be a place that would be easier to quicker to get to. If we don't have empathy, we're going to potentially have yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Cause you're only thinking one way or you're just thinking, um, I'm disappointing. I'm off the rails. I'm reckless. I'm not helping anyone else. I'm 
like yeah, the worst feelings that I have are like it's like uh it's super sad to say, but it's like the world would be better if I wasn't here. And and when you think things like that, and sometimes so I've thought it before a few times, not 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 obsessively, but when you when I if I really get to me lost, it's like the world would be better if I wasn't here. My family would be better if I wasn't here. Me brothers would be happier. Me mom would be happier if I wasn't here. And that's that's when you're like fuck, like that sucks that you think like that. Um. And but it, it's only sometimes, and and sometimes, and a lot of the time, I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, it's cool. I'm good. My mom loves this. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But like, but yeah, but like when if you get really low, like if I get really low, like you can have those feelings. Totally, and and those are feelings that more people have than we realize. And I hope so. No, I hope and I don't hope. I hope I'm not the only one, but yeah. You're not the only one. You're not the only one. And I think that's, you know, a part of the experience of this journey. And that's why it's so important for us to get as many tools as we can, because when we navigate those kinds of waters, uh, we have to have something to lean on to, like a life jacket, right? A life preserver of some sort. And I do think self-awareness can be that life preserver. For sure. Yeah. It's true. And empathy for ourselves and for the journey that we're going through. If we can't give ourselves empathy because we don't feel we deserve it, it's going to be a lot harder for us to handle those kinds of tidal waves when they come. But, but I think that's the most important thing that, that comes out of everything today that we've talked about. It's, it's ultimately, it's, if you, if you don't think you deserve empathy, then there's a real problem. Um, and that's really, I think a lot of people will think like that. Eh? A lot of people probably don't think that they deserve empathy. I agree. I agree. And I, I can't even believe the words that are coming out of my mouth, but <laughs> we're so entranced in the conversation and I agree with you. It's, uh, it's a very powerful because everybody's been taught that we have to earn love. We have to earn empathy. And it can't be earned. It can't be earned. You you get it. You simply, by living, by being born, you are worthy of love, belonging, and empathy. You should be. You should be. And and this is obviously where real psychological problems happen with people. If someone isn't shown love, or they go from house to house to house, they, they, they really think that they don't deserve something. So they'll really be even harder on themselves. And the world around them. And then, and then there's, then there's, it's just serious problems. And that, and ever, the people we see out there who are so narcissistic, right? They, they are built that way. They, they are very rarely born that way. There's you know, maybe one or 2% that are born that way, but almost all of them are because they are built that way in their household. They don't get any recognition for their humanity or existence. And they kind of get splintered by six years old. And we're seeing that, you know, in some pretty incredible positions of authority in our world right now. And people are so furious. And I'm like, this is a person who is never received any sort of love. They don't, they don't have it to give. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a bit of a sad one and it's not, it's not something that's fixable. People are always going to be born uh, to parents, some parents that don't love them. Some people are, some people are going to get a little bit. Some people are going to get a lot. It's, yep. This is a problem that's never going to end. 
but that but but what can end is the relationship we have with ourselves and we it's amazing how much we ourselves can heal those wounds within whether they're small or big if we learn how to start to have empathy for ourselves that and and realize we are worthy of that uh and and that we don't have to earn that empathy for ourselves that is where the healing begins it's just the relationship we have with ourselves but it's easier to look out outside of ourselves because to look in and to do the work for ourselves and give ourselves empathy you know we've not been encouraged to do that that's all no but i think it, it, it it's also just ultimately always asking questions when you when something comes up and when a thought comes up in your head it's always it's always worth questioning it Say, ah, life sucks. Or why, what, what sucks about it? If, if you really look at it, what sucks about it? Yeah. It's like, uh, what, does your nice apartment suck? Does your, does your job suck? Well, that you're happy in? Does your trading suck? No, not really. None of it, none of it. So why are you telling yourself that life sucks? Well, like, what sucks? Why, why are you even saying that? Saying you know what that I mean? Is it because you're tired at the end of the day? But they're not getting their needs met. If life sucks for somebody, even with all those things, that tells me they have their wants but not their needs. And if they don't have their needs met, they're going to be depressed and frustrated and angry and sad. No, but, like, but today, like even today I was like, life, I was like, even today I was like, I was talking to my friend uh, who I work with and I was like, like we, we were um, like, I was, I was out last night with some people and then obviously we drank and then I had work the whole next day. And, um, and then the client who I work with was like, were you partying last night? And I'm like, no, nah, but I, but I was. And I was just like, and then, and then I found myself saying to me, colleague, I was like, look, someone give me some heroin so I can just shoot a load of it and overdose and die because I'm sick. And, and I'm like, why am I even saying that? What's, what's so bad about me? Like, and I said that just two hours ago, like, but then when I look back at it, I'm like, why, what's the problem? Just because you went out and had a good time and someone said that you are, you look, though implicated that you're tired like why, why am i why am i thinking like that but for me like i got all these connotations of oh you're out of control you're reckless you're indulging in alcohol which i am and i am and i am mm-hmm. but it's not like i'm sitting in my own drinking whiskey because i'm an alcoholic i'm like having a good time with people i'm having fun and so mm-hmm. a client recognized i was tired so what do you know what i mean i do i do so it sounds like a bit of a spiral happened in that moment but that is probably based on some of your own self-judgment, right? So you you may have some judgment over yourself over how you drink. And so in that moment, you got confronted with him acknowledging it as well, him saying something about it. Whether he's right or wrong, it it, it triggered your own self-judgment about yourself. Yeah, I'm like, oh my God, I'm an alcoholic. Oh my God, I'm an alcoholic. I'm, I can't handle alcohol and I'm, I'm, I'm worried about it. And- Okay, so 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 maybe all of that is worth considering. However, if that is true in any of those departments, it would simply just indicate that numbing is happening. And if numbing is happening, then you want to say, huh, what what would I be numbing? Well, it could be feelings that I have that are hard to be with. And if I have those feelings, then we want to get curious about what needs aren't getting met. If any time we're numbing something, it's just an indication that needs are not being met. You may not be getting some needs met. So let's look at what those needs are. Yeah, but I feel, I feel like it's weird because like I feel not too bad, really. 
Like I'm just trying to keep shit together, and but that's that's me life right now. I'm just trying to keep shit together yeah, every day. So, so that might be better than other feelings you've had, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's as good as you're going to feel. But you, you're gonna yeah. get more tools, and that's gonna facilitate you feeling better than just keeping shit together. I think I think what I really want, and sometimes I kind of want this. I'm like. Why don't I just go on some crazy alcoholic bender, mess up everything, completely destruct, completely blow up, not blow up the account, but blow up, blow up myself and become completely broken. So then I can begin the healing process and rebuild myself from scratch. Yeah, like sometimes I want that. It's like a fantasy. That. You spoke to that in the last session we had actually. And I think that fantasy is based on the need that you have for freedom. That ultimately, what does that what does that look like? If you do all that, then you ultimately get freedom. But you can have yep. freedom now without having a huge cost of blowing everything up. You just have to give yourself permission to have the need for freedom and to meet it. Like, like honestly, sometimes I think I'm, I'm I might take heroin. Like sometimes I think that I think I might take heroin. Might might just do it. Might just it do it. Actually, offers you ultimate freedom. Yeah, I escape and I don't have any problems anymore. You what? I will escape. I'll have no problems anymore. And then when I'm run out of money, when my savings go, then I'll overdose and it's finished. I I hear that. I get that because that gives you that potential access to that. It's all, all that stuff is over. And I'm saying to you, you could have access to that freedom in another way with a lot less cost. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, I mean, I'm, um, right now I'm like, like being on heroin and traveling around for a year would be dead fun. It sounds fun. Like, cause I'm not like a, I'm not like selling my body. I'll like, I'll have money and I'll withdraw a hundred dollars, go to the heroin dealer. Have you done heroin? <laughs> Sorry. Hey, you get heroin for $10, no? Sorry. <laughs> no, I've not, I've never took it before now. So never. everything I have ever heard about heroin, having not taken it myself. <laughs> It is one of the more grueling drug addictions to have. No, no, but I, I would never come off it. I would, I'd take it till I run out of money, and then I would overdose on on my last fifty dollars. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm saying it because it's but funny, oh, and I'm not going to do it. But... Overdose on your last. <laughs> Most times, that's how it happens. You need more, and then you get to be in that really awful, painful place of not having anybody to get more. And that is most of the times probably where people wind up. That is not yeah, to be. But even heroin addicts don't want to kill themselves. Like, like if I think my life's bad and I want to kill myself, like look at heroin addicts. Even heroin addicts going through withdrawal who are prostitutes on the street, men and women, even they don't want to kill themselves. It's Even they find a reason to live. It's a weird one. It is. It is. That's the power of life. It's a, it is the power of life. Powerful hold on us. That even when things are shit, we still have an instinct to want to live. I think that's that's evolution and genetics, a Darwin Definitely. sense of survival. Definitely true. And, you know, it's a curious thing. Maybe it's that and maybe it's our soul just, you know, striving to stretch and stay here in this experience until maybe we learn what we're here to learn, you know? Who knows? All right, so I think we should bring it to a close. We've probably been on here a little more than an hour today. Um, I, think I, also, I think we're touching too. I'm looking at the clock. We're touching too. Are we? It's fun. It's like Joe we? Rogan. It's like Joe Rogan. 
we're on the follow way. <laughs> All right, so I, I, I want to go on, go on. Okay, so I want you to just pull pull out from the conversation today the things there. There were a couple of aha moments. So see if you yeah, can talk to yourself. No, no, for sure. The 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 biggest thing to pull out of the conversation was. Uh, that there's no reason not to give yourself empathy because everyone deserves empathy. It doesn't sound as good as it sounded before. It sounded better before. It doesn't sound as well, good now. Worthy. You're you. Let's let's. Everyone's worthy of empathy. That's that's it. Okay. Everyone's worthy of empathy. So and so you. Worthy of empathy. Feels good. Feels good inside. Feels something in my stomach. Would you just say it for me? Stephen is worthy of empathy. Close your eyes now. And just see if you can really notice what it feels like to say that. Stephen is worthy of empathy. Now say, I am worthy of empathy. I am worthy of empathy. Where do you feel that when you say that? Keep your eyes closed. Uh, Chest and stomach. Yeah. Would you just tune in there for a moment? Say it even internally. I am worthy of empathy. Let it just wash over you. I am worthy of empathy. So what's there? What does it feel like? Uh, it feels like I haven't been given it to myself. Been too hard. Yeah. Yeah. But no one can fi- no one can fix these things but yourself. That's the crazy thing in the end. Yeah, totally. Only, only you can fix what's in your head and what you're thinking and how you treat. Only you can treat yourself better. Correct. Correct. No one can do it for you. This place of giving yourself empathy and being connected to being worthy of it is a place that I I think will be worth you revisiting. And I would do it a couple of times in the next couple of weeks. Just take a little internal photograph of what you're doing right now and then repeat this for yourself. And then when you feel ready, open your eyes. Just breathe, stay there for another moment or two if you need to. It's a very important place. Yeah, it feels, uh, it feels pretty empowering that. It feels pretty empowering. Um, Read up oxygen, man. Again, it's also sad. It's, it's, but the only sadness is that, uh, don't, didn't realize sooner. You know what I mean? It's okay to have the sadness and the grief, and that may you need, may need to feel that, because what is happening is you're bumping into how much malnutrition you've had. This is nourishment, empathy. Yeah, it's uh, it's another. It's it's kind of a even a small exercise makes you feel 
alive again and and the stresses that you feel like the stress of of being like I've got a pitch tomorrow and I've got this and I've got that and I'm like it's again it's like none of it matters man none of it matters even if it goes wrong doesn't matter none of it matters what what do you know what I mean it's the same thing over and over again it's who cares who cares do you know what I mean why does that matter what matters is you and your well-being and you feeling good about yourself and your health. Yep. Yep. Not, not, no one else's stuff matters. Yep. Especially not when it's commercial and work related. Guess whose computer's about to die? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'm having a breakthrough, man. Wait, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm having a breakthrough. Why are you, why are you spoiling me moment? <laughs> Selfish. Stop being selfish, I'm having a breakthrough. <laughs> Hi, this is Aaron, aka Double A Ron from New York City. And I like to go outside and find a stray dog, preferably an aggressive breed like a pit bull or a rottweiler. Then I get real close, stare it down eye to eye until it starts to chase me. Then I run. That's right, I run while listening to Stephen and Tim on the Steady Trade Podcast. You can register to win real actual prizes at their website, steadytrade.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the podcast a five-star rating and write a glowing review on iTunes. I did. And this is how we say goodbye in New York City. Roar, 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 roar.